Welcome to The Two Tones, it's episode nine, Tony DeBolfo, Tony Moclair. Tone, uh, how are you? How are you going, Tony? Lovely to see you. I'm very well, you too. Uh, Gold Coast, let's go through the scores, uh, 13, 17, 95, terribly inaccurate, it didn't seem to trouble them that much though, defeating us 5, 11, 41. Well done to the Suns, they are obviously, uh, uh, they're progressing nicely. Their reset is going well, you'd have to say. Very much so. And a- again, we lament uh, the lack of opportunities taken. You did say, Tony, of course, that Gold Coast were inaccurate. But my word, um, for the amount of traffic that uh, came our way early in the, the Ford 50, you would have uh, uh, loved a-, a far greater return than than uh, 5.11 mm-hmm. uh, for game's end. So uh, I think... You know, while we while we admire the work rate of the players and the and the way they're going about the, the their game and the attacking brand of football that Coach Bolton has got the players playing, we do lament the uh, lack of strike power yeah. up front. It's been an, an ongoing issue, hasn't it? And um, well, one, where one are the goals going to come from, Tony? Well, that's the that's the big problem. One of the stats was twenty three marks inside fifty to five. Um, so the delivery is there. The midfield, you know, they can. They can get the ball, it's just who they're delivering it to. And you know, we look at, with some scorn decisions to, say, let go of Jared Wait. We can, I guess, declare a moratorium and say, Jared, all is forgiven, you can come back. I don't know about that, though. I mean, there are very good reasons that he left. But at the moment, you are left pondering the, the central question, who is the ball being kicked to? Where are the goals going to come from? Very true. And, and you know, you, again, Betts is the one that, you know, people still um, uh, throw up. Kennedy, well, we've got the great man for, for yeah. uh, you know, Josh Kennedy, so you can't be too critical there. Uh, however, it is a real concern, you know, that... Uh, we don't seem to have the players uh, currently uh, up front that can craft or eke out a, a, a badly needed goal or or three for um, for the team. Uh, admittedly, you know Andrew Walker is a is a big out for Carlton at the minute. I mean, you know, I think he would have been uh, obviously would have helped the, the club's cause up front. Uh, Everett's another one, you know, a, a floating four that could have. Um, Come into calculations. Um, the Jones. Jones, Jones. Jones booted three for the Northern Blues of the weekend. Gallucci two is mm-hmm. another. Uh, we just um, we need players to really finish off the hard work of those up the field. I, I think what was interesting, Tony, was to see um, both Vietering and Jamison, um, I think, go forward late in the game. It, mm. It's been a theme in recent times. Um, and... Um, it's probably as much to, you know, give those, just to free those fellows up a little bit, you know, because um, they're obviously busting a gut up back to, to you know, to try and um, keep um, uh, keep things tight. But it must be a tremendous source of frustration to them uh, to see that the, uh, the hard work um, results in little or no return uh, on the scoreboard. So um, I don't mind the fact that, um, the coaches, you know, freeing, freeing these players up a little bit because um, I'd imagine it could get fairly um, fairly intense just sort of, you know, bang your head, bang your head, uh, only to see the ball come back, you know, back your way. Um, it's good that, that these players are being allowed a little bit of freedom and creativity up front. Well, I guess the, the problem uh, that Carlton had... Uh, Casbolt not firing, Casbolt not grabbing them, conversion from... Inside 35 metres even is is not that spectacular. No. So, again, that, that keeps hurting us. There were also, we were talking before the podcast, Tone, 
meteorological conditions, if we want to put it down to that, not being an excuse, but you look at how... Um, uh, how sapping that sort of heat was. Very true, very true, and, and you could really tell that in the second half. Uh, obviously, there was um, you know moisture on the surface too, which obviously impacted on mm. the you know the capacity of the players to handle the ball properly. Um, and it was funny, you know, I did laugh Riley when I saw uh, Jakob Wittering, who we'll talk about later, uh, actually um, fluff his first. Kick to position what? very Sack late him. in the game. <laughs> it was the the one and only clagger I think in yeah. three weeks. But I, I really put that down to the the you know the the conditions the way they were. It would have been sapping on the players, and yeah. uh, the ball was greasy. And um, will allow the great man that uh, that blemish surely. Well, uh, it didn't get in the way of his Norwich Rising Star nomination, Never Rising Star Award. Now, but I always get that wrong. Yes. I'm about. 20 years too late with yes, that one. Yes, yes, uh, we should have had a Let's Norwich Let's just keep winner. it as a rising star. Yes, Cambriali should have taken the Norwich yes, out in yeah. 95, but that's yes, another story. Anyway. However, um, we move on, and uh, Jakob Wittering, superb performance. Um, my only criticism the AFL was that this award should have been handed out <laughs> a fortnight ago, <laughs> because he hasn't missed a beat since he's come into the team. And I, I said to... Um, Luca earlier, our producer off off air, Tony. That um, I think back always now to that Carlton Essendon match here yeah. at Icon Park, and the, seeing Bruce Duell sitting oh. in the gardener stand, looking out onto the field of dreams, and what he must have thought yeah. about seeing this young kid with all this poise and, and calm, and and you know just no frills attitude going about his business, and um, the great man must. You know, must have been delighted in the way uh, Jakob Wittering went about his game on that particular occasion. And since then, he has not missed a beat. And, um, you know, they always say the good players look like they've got half an hour to make a decision or, yeah. or do yeah. what they want to do with the ball. He's one of them, you know. it's um, He's just slotted in so magnificently to, the, to this team. And, um, you know, what a great thing for, for um, Carlton that, you know, we've got a, um, you know, a bona fide centre-half back from the next you know, 12, 12 seasons or so. Well, I guess you, you do obviously look at players who uh, you could say uncharitably are the diamonds in the dust heap, and he he was definitely one of them, obviously. He yes. stands out. Yeah, and an- another, I think we have to give credit to um, uh, Kurnow Mark Cha- too. Yes, Charlie, Charlie Kurnow, I yes. thought Charlie was terrific. Yeah, uh, you know, he, he was lively. You know, yeah. he, he's a different player to Vitering, you know, but uh, he's just such a live wire. Uh, most impressed by Charlie's athleticism, you know, for a big man. I mean, you know, um, to me, like sort of shades of Richo, I guess. You yeah. know, he's, he's that big athletic big man, you know, yeah. and who's still got to grow in into his body. Yeah. Um, he's still, still quite hungry for the contest. He's, yeah. he's just loving the opportunity. Oh, yeah. And, he, and he, he looks like he really enjoys himself yeah. out there, which is important at this time. So I, I you know, I, I think... You know, the coach has made this statement, has, hasn't he? You know, you, you look out for the little things and um, what we're seeing is the future of Carlton here. And um, I think, you know, amid, amidst the doom and gloom of the scoreline, these are really positive things to take away. And um, Carlton is doing the right thing because it, it's investing in these players for tomorrow. And, and um, you know, tomorrow will come, Tony. It will come, <laughs> I, I promise you. Yes, Yes, it will. In the meantime, all we need is a forward and a bit of um, a yes. bit of finesse. I was thinking, Tyne, we've had Rowan Welsh, 
We've had Hey Scotland, we've had Daisy English. All we need is a little Polish or Polish yes. just in there. That would be nice. Yes. So let's have a bit of that. Yes, couldn't agree more, Tony. Let's make it at the International Camp Football Club. Yes, bring it on. I'm after. Um, Two Tones Player of the Year Award. This is, I, I will say in time, Tone, become more coveted than yes. the John Nichols medal. Yes. We haven't clarified the voting system on this, whether or not it's proportional representation <laughs> or, or or whether a player gets to, um, you know, a group of delegates which then go and vote at the Congress um, at the end of the season, whether or not there's a Super Tuesday, whether or not it's first past the post. Nonetheless, this will, as I say in time, become a coveted award. Well, it might be the donkey vote, Tony, if I'm having to <laughs> cast them each week. However, I press on. I have given one vote to Patrick Cripps this week. Now, yep. a very slow start, and he was picked up uh, by the commentators for it. Really, he imposed himself early, but uh, came back with a vengeance in the second half. It was tremendously creative uh, in that period of the game. Mark Murphy, uh, who's, I must say... Uh, having a great year as uh, Carlton's leader, uh, mm-hmm. again led from the front, gave him two votes. And, well, the, the three, um, you know, Jack Hill, the blind miner, would have cast uh, Jakob Wietering, the, yeah. the, uh, the three-vote getter for the weekend. A superb performance by a young man that's uh, going places. Now, uh, keep in mind, my um, experience of the game was I was up in Sydney at the in-laws. You're getting around these days. I, I, yes. Blue, Blue Zealand to Blue South Wales. That's Is that it. Right? That's it, yeah. exactly. So yeah. um, uh, while they were upstairs watching the telly, I was downstairs listening as, um, let's say, a prisoner at Luftstalag 3 might have listened to the BBC World Service on a radio hidden in a coffee pot. Where? So kind of <laughs> almost in a, in a dark room with the earpiece in listening oh. To uh, to the computer to you, you hear about those things on Grand Final day at a wedding. Don't yes, you? yeah, that does like happen. That. So that's what I was doing, being antisocial. So um, uh, keep in mind that not having seen the game but listened to it, these are these are my impressions of it uh, in terms of votings. Um, Simo, I'm going to give one vote to because he's just in there trying, and he's he's just got a he just still provides leadership. And an example of dedication and, and hardness, I mm, think. Mm. So, um, Charlie Kerno for me, two votes. Terrific. And uh, <laughs> we're on the same page here. <laughs> we, we have found, uh, I think, the two tones uh, ever-developing man crush on Yakov Vittering <laughs> continues unchecked. Three votes. It's a runaway trade tone, let's be honest. And, uh, yes, excellent casting there. And, um, look, you know, again, you've... you've You've included two young fellows and an old veteran in yeah. there. And um, these are the players we want to make the impression. The, you know, our, our future is in our kids. And, um, you know, long may they reign. And, and let's hope, um, you know, the coach and the match committee keep pushing the young, young kids up because uh, we need them all. Well, we do. And we just need... Uh well, I don't know. You know, I guess things like confidence become an issue and... Um, I don't know. It's it's a delicate balancing act for uh, for bolts, obviously. It is how you get the best out of players. I mean, you look at. I think Cruz is a bit down on form at the moment. Yes, you yes, would have yes, to say. You, uh, you Sammy Rowe is a bit um, struggling a bit. Yes, we, we you know we've got our issues. There's no doubt about it, Tony. And um, as you say, it's a, it's a balancing act with the young fellows. You know, you you, you know, the, the fellows like Weidry and Kuhn are obviously in their first year. You have to be a little bit uh, mindful of it. Um, 
I think we're getting tremendous return out of those, I guess, those second-year league players. You know, mm. uh, you know, Lamb, um, Lamb's outage, and obviously the moment, but um, Carriage. Yeah, players like this. Plowman, Plowman, obviously featured pretty well for the Northern Blues last week. Yeah, so there's another player. Really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, him. and I think these are the players that you you want an, an immediate return on. Players that have been in the system yes. that should be in a position now to make a real impression. Yeah. So. I mean, Lockie Plowman, he probably needs another gallop, I guess, but who knows? Who knows? They might look at uh, throwing him into the mix for the Western Bulldogs. We shall wait and see. Before we get on to the Bulldogs, Tone, this has been one of the talking points of the game, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Um, Blaine Bokhorst laughing after the siren. He Now, in his defence, it was uh, a great mate of his from WA, but uh, as they say in politics, the optics are everything. Yes, very true. Everyone's watching on and uh, no doubt current supporters that have probably by that stage of the game kicked the cat, if not yeah. the TV itself. So, yeah, no problem about uh, engagement of the players, but mm. uh, they probably have to be a little bit more discreet about it. Mm. I mean, um, probably get the opportunity to do that after they walk off. Um, yeah. But when the world is watching and uh, we've been on the end of a, um, you know, 54-point belting, yeah. it's probably not the look that, you know, you, you want. Um, it just probably gives off the wrong message, even if it isn't, you know, uh, meant by the players yeah. in question. Yeah. Um, perception is everything, Tony. Ain't that the truth? Now, uh, we mentioned Carlton, Western Bulldogs, uh, Saturday, 7.25pm at Etihad Stadium. So uh, get what on What a down. test. What yes. a test this is. You know, I mean, I think everyone saw the Western Bulldogs-Hawthorne match and uh, what a cracking game that mm. was at that venue. Uh, the Bulldogs seem to have made Eddie Head Stadium its their citadel. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a place where they, they tend to turn on their best brand of football. Uh, OK, they lost Bob Murphy in tragic circumstances, you know, with a minute to play. Lost the game to Hawthorne in the finish. But they are a team on the make, that is for yeah. sure. Yeah. And um, we are really going to have to be on our medal um, uh, to take it up to the Western Bulldogs. Another challenge, you know, for, for this young team, and that's fine. You know, we, we meet it head on. Um, we just want to see, you know, continued, um, uh, you know, good showings from, from our team. But we want to see consistency of performance too, mm. quarter, quarter to quarter. That's, I think, what we all crave. And let's hope it happens at 7.25pm Saturday evening, Tone. Well, I'll be down there lending my vocal cords for all that's worth. Yes, so yes. So I will see You're you there. You're in town? Yes. You're in town, okay. <laughs> yeah, in town, yeah. It's a rare moment where I swing by the place where my family lives. Very nice. Where my wife and children are. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Tone. We'll thank catch you. you next week on The Two Tones. But we have a very special way to end... Now, Tone, I'm going to throw a question to you in a minute, but you're going to tell us what is special about the yes. ending of today's Two Tones podcast. Thank you, Tony. Uh, during the week, um, I was contacted by uh, a writer, a London-based writer uh, named Andrew Mueller, who has yeah. penned a, a terrific track for a London-based country band called The Blazing Zoos. Yeah. Now, the song is actually called Bob Chitty's Blues, um, oh, yeah. well, dedicated to the great knuckle man of wartime, Carlton, uh, Robert Mainwaring Chitty. Yeah. And the song actually deals with Chitty's preparation for the 45 bloodbath, having had to wrestle with the reality that four of his brothers had served in wartime, yeah. with one of them, Arthur, actually killed in Africa. Oh my so God. it was against that backdrop that Bob yeah. was the, the brother that was still was left behind, yeah. uh, while his other... 
brothers uh, served during the war, and you might remember that another brother, Peter Chitty, won the Changi Brownlow Medal uh, oh for God. a match that was played amongst the prisoners of war in Changi. Yeah. So uh, I guess, you know, what, what Andrew is trying to um, convey in this song is the, uh, how uh, Bob himself would have been wrestling with his conscience, mm. you know, going into this uh, infamous match, and how probably he took out his frustrations and the likes of Laurie Nash and and everyone else that ran out for the bloods. So it's a great, it's a great track. It's a rollicking tune, and, and we'll end today's broadcast with it. Now, uh, keep in mind there are a lot of ex-servicemen in the, uh, in the crowd that day they, who they were, were back from serving overseas in places like Changi or North Africa. Very true. Now, you said the rider was based in Wagga? Yes. Well, he, he, the, the band and, hailed, oh, sorry, from Wagga, hailed from Wagga. Um, based in London. Now, uh, if I'm correct... The band that everybody will know, listening to the podcast, the name of the band, that for, a British band that formed in Wagga. Do you know who it was? From the ashes of a band called The Tourists. Oh, jeez. No, you've got me there, Tony. Tell, Female lead singer, male lead guitarist. They were the Eurythmics. Really? The band broke up. They were on tour promoting their single, I Only Want to Be With You. It was a cover. Found themselves in Wagga. Uh, wasn't working out. So uh, the lead singer and the, uh, the lead guitarist said, we'll blow this for a joke, we'll form a band. What do we call them? The Eurythmics. Nobody yeah. heard of them since. <laughs> but anyway, story. here is Bob Chitty's Blues by... The Blazing Zoos. Catch you next week on the Carlton Podcast.
on any kind of front line.